This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Amethyst Kia is out with a new solo record. One of the singles off the record is a new rendition of a Grammy-nominated track she wrote called Black Myself. I want to jump the fence and watch my face in the creek, but I'm black myself. I want to sweep that down right off of me, but I'm black myself. Amethyst Kia joins me now to talk about the record. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? So you spoke with one of my colleagues um, before the 2020 Grammys um, about this song, Black Myself. And the first version you recorded along with the super group you're in called Our Native Daughters, which is aimed at recentering black stories and roots music. After the song was nominated for a Grammy in 2020, there was, I mean, as we all know, this national conversation that happened around race. And I mean, what was it like for you to observe all that happening? It was incredible that something that meant so much to all of us and ended up being very personal for us, too, you know, because we're we're telling the stories and the tragedy and triumph of our ancestors and talking about a very um, difficult, horrific time in our history and to have so many people be real so receptive and open-minded to to listening to this perspective. And instead of people becoming defensive or feeling attacked, actually just listening to the story and wanting to understand. Um, I think that was what was a huge takeaway from all of this is that part of me almost expected, you know, backlash because, you know, the nature of race relations in, in the United States has, the tension's always been there, but it's, became even more prevalent because so many people felt comfortable airing their opinions and views now that when Donald Trump was in office. So there was, I was thinking, is there going to be a huge backlash? Like what's going to happen with all of this? But at the end of the day, what drove us to do it was like, is that this was the truth and this, and we were speaking our truth along with it. So no matter what happened with the record, we all knew that we were doing something that was important and needed to be archived and remembered. So um, everything after that was purely icing on the cake and gave me some hope that there really are people that are ready to continue to make things better. And then, you know, fast forward two years later, or a year later, you know, with all of us in lockdown, and then the George Floyd murder, the Breonna Taylor murder, and people just finally being be having to sit down and be confronted with something that has been a problem for a long time and to see people protesting taking to the streets and like mainstream media continuing to to discuss race relations and systematic oppression and white supremacy i say it's been wonderful to see which is a a weird way to describe this because It's a shame that any of this is even happening. It's wonderful to see that people are realizing, oh my God, this is terrible. And we actually need to try and really do something this time. You know, this idea of shutting up and singing, which was pretty prevalent post 9-11. If you said anything bad about America after 9-11, you got your CDs burned. So particularly in like an Americana and uh, and cut in the country music world. So for us to have this opportunity to, for now this sort of renaissance of, you know, protest songs and people 
celebrating creativity and art as a human being and not just as an entertainer or a puppet. And we should be able to participate in that conversation just like any other person. So... This version that you put out in your solo record is very different sounding than what you put out with our native daughters. I pick the banjo up and they steer at me cause I'm black myself. Can you just talk about sonically what shifted in this new version of the song? I always knew that I wanted to re-record Black Myself because um, when I would play it with my band back home, it would kind of be like a full-on like almost like kind of a blues garage rock kind of vibe. And I always thought that was really fun. And I knew that I wanted to do that at some point. But uh, Tony Berg uh, actually brought up the idea of adding it to Wary and Strange. And we talked about how um, this sustained mainstream conversation about uh, race relations and, and inclusion and how this song if we redid this and re-released it, how this song can continue to be part of that conversation. And, um, you know, I can explore giving the song more of a kind of like alternative rock kind of edge because the whole point of this record was to sort of combine my roots music influences with my alternative music influences. And so naturally, Black Myself was going to get the same treatment as, you know, all of the other songs on the record. So, so it all just came together very nicely. <laughs> this album, Weary and Strange, that you just put out is, is deeply personal. You know, there, there are themes of struggles with mental health and substance abuse and you know, one of the songs in the record was about losing your mother to suicide when you were a teen. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about mental health here on KEXP. We have a whole day called Music Heals Mental Health, where, you know, we share listener stories on air about their stories, struggles through mental health, and how music got them through. And, you know, when I heard your song Wild Turkey, I was really moved. But also, you know, I think about artists like yourself that you put out an album and you do a lot of interviews like you're doing right now, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to rehash the same story over and over and over again. And so how do you keep your own mental health in check when you've been asked a lot about such a personal and emotional experience like like this one? Body and water for days and days Hopes for a safe return my hopes in vain Cause she's never coming back No, she's never coming back I still talk to my therapist once every couple of weeks. Uh, so that has been part of my uh, self-care since 2016. I've um, been fortunate to be working with the same therapist all this time. And yeah, because, you know, I think with this album cycle and something that I never really thought about or anticipated is the amount of press and interviews that were going to happen 
it's tenfold what I experienced with the release of Our Native Daughters because it was spread out amongst all four of us. So it was like all of us were sort of taking turns and and talking about this. But this particular traumatic instance to talk about that repeatedly, like it's it was on top of all of the extra pressure. There's a part of me that my skill of disassociating and distancing myself from my feelings is what I did to survive. And so I'm still able to employ that when I'm doing these interviews to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, it definitely, I still do have to check in because, you know, this is the most in my entire life that I've ever talked about this aspect of my life. There was about 12 years of not telling anyone about it. Nobody that I ever met knew what happened to my mother. I never Mm -hmm. talked about it. So the fact that I'm even able to do this at all is kind of mind boggling. And I think the acceptance of what happened and me understanding myself better, it makes it easier to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I just have to keep, I just keep checking in with myself and I, you know, I said, I still talk to my therapist. So all the things, all those things are important, especially being in this, in this industry where there's a lot of people that, that want a piece of the pie and you have to create those boundaries and pick the right people that are in your corner for the right reasons. So all of that plays a huge role into me just being able to like be myself and handle myself well in in whatever I'm doing. So yeah. Tried so hard to be in a ton of ton body of steel and wired circuits for my backbone. Cause she's never coming back. No, she's never coming back. I'm thinking about the song um, Wild Turkey, and, and I also read somewhere that you. One of the first times you actually ever performed um, was at your your mother's funeral, and you performed an original song, I believe, um, for that. And Mm -hmm. I was just wondering how different that song was to the song that ended up on this album. Well, with that song that I wrote, it was me asking my mother why she left me behind. Because in my mind, I felt like well, if she really loved me, she wouldn't have left. So to me, it was like she, you know, it was the ultimate rejection in my mind. So yeah, so the song was basically asking, why did you say goodbye? Why did you leave? Please come back to me. It was somewhere along those lines. And then, you know, fast forward to, I guess that was like 2019. I, you know, it took me two years to write Wild Turkey because I'm like, how do I... You know, I, I experimented with different melodies, different chord progressions, and this song was different in that it was formally recognizing what happened and how I responded to it, and it really just depicted how I felt and how I dealt with it. You know, it was me fully confronting my coping mechanism and my survival tactic for. Um, dealing with her passing. And it also was me giving a nod and understanding that like, she didn't 
leave me behind because she didn't love me, you know? So the part about, you know, while Turkey in the car seat, the bottle's empty, I hope it gave her some relief. Like, that was my way of being like, in these final moments, whatever, I hope that you were able to find some peace of mind, even though I wish you didn't make that your option. I wish you would have said something to somebody, but that was your option. So... So it's me recognizing, like, I hope that she was able to find peace in some way, um, even if it it was made in a moment of despair. So it was really just re- fully recognize the situation for what it was from the perspective of a person in their early tw- early 30s looking back at, you know, the kid. So it's me basically telling my kid self that it was okay to not be okay um, and that your mother didn't leave you because she didn't love you. She, she was mentally unwell and made a decision that was irrational, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant to harm me, even though that was the consequence. And so, yeah, just come in full circle with it, I guess, you know, and making, making peace with it. And then allowing myself to just, to not allow my, my fear of rejection and abandonment keep me from living the life that I deserve to live and to take the risks that need to be taken in order to have the life that I want and deserve. So, yeah. <laughs> Wild turkey in the car seat The bottle's empty I hope it gave her some relief Cause she's never coming back No, she's never coming back pretended not to care stayed numb for years to escape despair when your soul dies you just can't hide it everyone can I'm speaking with Amethyst Kia about her new album, Weary and Strange. So you start and end this album with the song Soapbox, where you're talking about wanting to hear someone's soapbox speech. Want to hear your soapbox speech. Want to know how you would do it. Want to know how it should be. Because I don't care what you think. Whose soapbox speech are you talking about here? I spent a good portion of my 20s when I was studying old time music and I was playing a lot of different places that had a predominantly white conservative audience. And even though from a political or social perspective, I thought differently and saw the world differently I followed a shut up and sing policy for a really long time. Mm. And um, Soapbox is really my proclamation or my emancipation of my shut up and sing. And you can say that I did that. You know, I already emancipated myself when I did Songs of My Native Daughters. You could also say that I did that when I did an interview several years ago where I finally officially like 
came out as queer in print. Um, although I'd been slowly coming out, just kind of not really going around and introducing myself as, hey, I'm I'm gay, <laughs> but just like just living my life and just deciding that I'm, you know, I want to date, I want to have personal relationships because I kind of just, you know, I kind of like isolated myself and just focused on music and studying and didn't really like get close to people. And so things kind of, so th- it's been, it was, it's been a slow build to get to this point where I'm actually in a creative sense, just again, accepting and recognizing that like every single time that I've ever opened up about a, a part of myself that was real, um, whatever fans I may have lost, I gained so many more, so many people that are just like, you know, that are queer or that are POC or are both and, or are androgynous or dress androgynously. Like I, I represent, like I represent the very thing that I needed to see when I was growing up. I had to carve my own path without any concrete examples in front of me, because on one hand, I'm looking at everybody as being human beings and I like what I like, but then there was always that racial component always thrown in the mix. And it's like, well, I can't really ignore this. This is a part of our history and it's affected all of us. So now I need to deal with this and not just, not just keep it to myself, but I also need to express this in, in, in songs. Um, There's just really um, awesome uh, interview with Nina Simone um, that she did back in 68, where she talks about how, in, in her opinion, it's the artist's responsibility to reflect the times and mm-hmm. to talk about the talk about things happening in our society and in our community, that that's, it's such an important thing. I mean, that was at, you know, in that was during, you know, that's the civil rights movement, you know, and like, Music has always been a way to communicate ideas that are maybe difficult to talk about. And so I, you know, while I'm always going to write about personal things, I also am writing new songs now where it's like, you know what, this is what I think about this. And if someone doesn't like it, that's okay. So Soapbox is like coming full circle and being like, you know what, you know, all those years where I was afraid to speak my mind because I thought I was going to lose fans or I thought that I was going to have backlash or that someone was going to do something to me. I have so much love and support for what I do. And I know that what I'm saying is my truth. And I have done nothing but speak truth to the best of my ability. I'm not going to act like I know everything about all things in the world, but you know, with my life experience and the things that I've read and and the people that I've met, I'm confident and comfortable in what I know uh, to be true. So yeah. (laughs) That was Amethyst Kia talking about her new album, Weary and Strange. Here's her song, Black Myself.
That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.